Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, here's the Sunday's message. Well, I'm really excited for all these boys and girls who are going to receive their first communion. This is a very, very special day. I can't say I remember my first communion, but that doesn't make it any less special. Um, uh, I got to say this, uh, in the basement, I was kind of walking by to run to the restroom, and the kids were all, the kids were getting ready for their first communion, all dressed up, and they saw me walk by, and they said, Father Alex, Father Alex, you know, so I went over, and they said, we're going to miss you. And all of them kind of, yeah, I'm going to miss you so much, Father Alex, I'm, you're, I'm, you know, I'm going to miss you so much, and they're all kind of standing there around me, and then there's this kind of moment of silence, it's really kind of feel the heaviness of the moment. And then one of them says, I'm allergic to dairy. <laughs> so that was really, uh, it was really beautiful. It was very beautiful. I was very touched by that. <laughs> this is a very special day for you and your families. And we're such, so lucky to be able to celebrate it together. Now, last weekend, Father Simon and I weren't here because we were celebrating another sacrament uh, in Ottawa, Ontario. Uh, We went to visit uh, Father Dan, Father Isaac, who are my replacements coming here to St. Benedict, as they receive the sacrament of holy orders ordained priests for our community. In fact, we had three priests. It was such a beautiful, inspiring experience for us as we received them into our religious community, the Companions of the Cross. Uh, And I just wanted to scope out my replacements, you know? Make sure I was leaving you in good hands. So I did my due diligence that I went over. I'll share a couple photos, highlights from the beautiful ordination ceremony. This is uh, Father Dan. Uh, In a moment, what he does is he enfolds his hands in the hands of the bishop, and he makes a pledge of obedience to the bishop and his lawful superiors. That's sort of a precondition for being received into the order of the priesthood. It's this beautiful, powerful moment. Uh, This one for me is probably my favorite. Uh, The whole church and the cathedral was packed Uh, to the gills. Everyone, all the people of God, joined together with the bishop and all the priests, and the priests are all up in the sanctuary there. Everyone kneels for this moment where we invoke the intercession of the saints and prayers of all of heaven for those who are to be ordained and invoked in in, uh, the, the mercy of God as those three men at the base of the sanctuary lie prostrate in this ritual act, this gesture of total abandonment and surrender of their lives to God. This is a, another moment where uh, the whole grace of holy orders, the sacrament conferred through the laying on of hands by the bishop. So that's him laying his hands on uh, Father Isaac. Really beautiful moment. Brings me back to mine. Uh, and here they are being congratulated in front of the whole church as newly ordained priests. And uh, this is Father Isaac about to burst into tears. And this is Father Dan looking at Father Isaac and about to burst into laughter. (laughs) So yeah, I think they're going to fit in just fine here. 
At that, the reception dinner later that evening, somebody gave a speech, and, and they said in the speech how it's going to take two of them to replace one Father Alex at St. Benedict. And then the person sitting next to me leaned over and said, I thought they were sending two to clean up your mess. <laughs> I had the privilege of preaching at Father Dan's first Mass the next day on the Sunday at St. Morris's Parish in Ottawa. And uh, it's a, a pretty special privilege to be asked to do that. Usually a newly ordained priest, you know, he celebrates Mass as the presider, and he asks an older senior priest with many years' experience and wisdom to share to preach at the first Mass. And so that morning before Mass, I asked Father Dan, I said, Dan, why did you ask me to preach at your first Mass? Usually you ask someone who's senior and older, advanced in years. And he said, Bro, I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wasn't this old when I got here to St. Benedict, okay? You did this to me. These gray hairs, I didn't have these before, all right? It's such a, a really beautiful, inspiring, encouraging celebration for them, but also the whole church as they give their lives over to the service of God and His church. And I just want you to know uh, they are amazing men. They're inspiring. They are, they are absolutely, totally in love with God. And, and given their lives to follow Jesus, they're, they're passionate about sharing the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ with, with the people in their lives. They're men of discipline, integrity, self-sacrifice. And believe me, uh, you are being left in very good hands. They are amazing. And you know what? They're already better preachers than me and Father Simon. It's embarrassing. When they were here on their internship sharing reflections, it's like, gosh, they're, you just make me look like a chump, you know? Um, <laughs> But they are amazing, and I know you are going to uh, love them the way you have loved me, and I thank you for that. Now, at times of transition like this, uh, there is often uncertainty and fear about an uncertain future. I asked Father Dan uh, what he was afraid of, and he said, I'm afraid of living up to the standard of being called father. Father of these people who, uh, some of them are twice my age, three times my age, who have all kinds of experiences and have struggled through all kinds of things that I will never quite understand. And somehow I'm called to be a father. Right? And so this uh, future lay before him that's uncertain, and he carries some fears about an uncertain future. I think all of us have moments in our lives where uh, we stand before uh, a future, and we don't know what the future holds, and so we can be left with a little bit of fear. Perhaps some of you here today uh, experience some uh, fear of what the future holds for you. As you come in today, uh, I know in a church this big, there's all kinds of different struggles. I know there are people here probably who have facing with financial uncertainty, 
don't know if they're going to make ends meet. There are people among us struggling with sickness. Somebody perhaps came down with something unexpected, and, and you wonder what the future holds for the person that you love. Uh, perhaps you're afraid for your children, raising them in this crazy world in which we live, or as your children are getting older, they're making decisions, and you're afraid of what the future might hold for them. Or perhaps you're afraid that when Father Alex leaves, who's going to make fun of Father Simon? Yeah! <laughs> don't, don't worry. There's going to be twice as many people to make fun of Father Simon. Okay? Preaching. We often are afraid of what the future holds. Now, in the gospel, the followers of Jesus, the apostles, were confronted with a very uncertain future. And I can just imagine the kinds of fears that would stir up in their hearts. You see, uh, the context of the gospel that we heard, Jesus had just given them a task, an impossible task. He told them to go out and to proclaim the kingdom of God has come on earth, and then to work miracles and heal the sick and raise the dead. In other words, to do the impossible. And then he goes on to tell them what to expect. He said, you will be persecuted. You will be rejected. Your, your physical safety will be at risk. You will suffer. And so you can imagine what the disciples might, might have thought. Well, how are we going to do the impossible? How are we going to go and take on this new task? What, what does the future hold for us? And in the gospel we read today, Jesus tells them three different times in three different ways, do not be afraid. Well, how can we not be afraid in the face of an uncertain future in which you've already told us we can expect suffering and trial and distress of every kind imaginable? And Jesus says, look, guys, are not two sparrows sold for one penny? You can go to the, the market and a two-for-one deal on these sparrows. One penny for two sparrows, the most insignificant and tiniest of all God's little birds, the cheapest and, 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 and having the least value. And then Jesus says, not one of them will fall to the earth apart from your father. In other words, nothing can possibly happen to even a single sparrow apart from your father's permission. This father who holds all things in his hands and cares even about the most insignificant creatures on earth. Which is good news for us because sometimes we feel insignificant. And we wonder, how could it be that a God could even care about me? There's so many problems in the world, so many things going on, so many people who are struggling. Who, who is God to care about me? And yet God cares about the smallest, most insignificant of all creatures. And then Jesus said, and even the hairs on your head are counted. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to count the hairs on someone's head. It's not easy. Unless you're trying to count Father Simon's hairs. That's a bit easier.
Aren't you going to miss me? <laughs> there are between 90,000 and 150,000 hairs on the average human head. And it says that God doesn't just know how many hairs are on your head, He's counted them. Your Father in heaven is so intimately acquainted with you, so, so desperately in love with you that He cares about the most insignificant details of your life. How many hairs are on your head? He's counted them Himself. And so Jesus says, so do not be afraid, you who have more value than many spares. In fact, you are so valuable that God gave them what is most precious and beloved to him in exchange for you, his very own son. And so, yeah, suffering and trial and difficulty are in the future. It is for all of us. But God will not permit a single thing that he doesn't intend for our good. And so it is. We do not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. We do not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. We know the God who loved us so much that he gave everything for us. And so we don't have to be afraid of what the future holds, because we know who holds the future. And so our response it, it, to a God who is so intimately acquainted with us that he knows he's counted every hair on our head is to surrender everything to him, to surrender this future that we do not know into the hands of God, to surrender our future happiness into his hands, to surrender our past, our present, all of our struggles, all of our fears, and entrust them into the hands of this God who loves us so much. And as I reflect on my five years here at St. Benedict, I think that single one thing at the heart of everything that this parish is and how amazing it is, what makes it amazing is that it's full of people who've made the decision to surrender their lives to Jesus. That's it. That's what makes this place amazing. And I think it began with those first parishioners who were members of Our Lady Perpetual Help and uh, St. Lawrence and St. Pius X, who made the courageous decision to surrender the reality, present reality that they did know, and let go of their communities and take the chance to trust in God and come together as three communities and build the church that we are in today. And we stand in the legacy we reap the benefit of those who have surrendered everything to God who have come before us. And I think of all the people who, uh, hundreds if not thousands of people who, after encountering the living God, have made the decision to surrender their lives to Jesus, to follow after him, to become his disciples. Uh, many, many of you in this room have done precisely that. And I think of the hundreds of people who at present are serving in this church, who surrender their time, who surrender their, their talent, their money, and sacrifice it at the service of the mission that God has entrusted us here at St. Benedict. And boy, this is a generous parish. You are amazing. You are so generous. I, I think, for example, of uh, that time where... Uh, I got a carrot cake for my birthday, 
and then I got COVID. And then while I had COVID, Father Simon gave my birthday cake away to somebody else and then talked about it in a homily. And then in, in the space of two weeks, I got seven different carrot cakes from you. And now I hate carrot cake. And I'm pretty sure after today, I'm going to hate cinnamon buns and butter tarts too. But that's the kind of parish you are. You are generous. You have blessed me so many ways. I can't even begin to enumerate all the ways you have blessed me coming here. You've taught me how to be a priest. You have received me into your hearts, into your homes. You've shared your stories with me, your struggles, your joys, <laughs> your ups, your downs, your, your grief. And welcomed me into your home, shared your life with me. And it's transformed my life. It really has. I feel so affirmed in my priesthood here at St. Benedict. I know you've lifted me up day after day in your prayers. Here's a picture from our leadership summit last Thursday. A picture speaks a thousand words. But I just, these last five years have been some of the most difficult years of my life, and they have been the best years of my life. And that's because of you. Now today, you, St. Benedict, you're a light to the world, and you have a part to play in the renewal of God's church. And it dawned on me how big and how important what is happening here in this parish was back in 2019, when I went to a leadership conference in London, England. I flew across the Atlantic Ocean, and I went to this conference where there were 5,000 people from all kinds of different Christian denominations. It wasn't even like a Catholic conference. And I ended up in a small group uh, at one point in this conference with a priest from Australia on the other side of the world. And I introduced myself to him back in 2019. And uh, I said, hey, I'm Father Alex. He said, I know who you are. He said, you're the new associate pastor at St. Benedict Parish. You're a celebrity. In a different country, on another continent, I met a guy on the other side of the world who watches what we do here at St. Benedict, who is following what God is doing in this parish. And I can tell you, because I, I work with other priests, I coach priests, that there are priests and bishops all around the world who look to us as a source of inspiration and encouragement in a world in which there's an uncertain future for the church and people are inspired by what they see here because there are so many people who've surrendered their lives to Jesus and followed after him. And that's you. And we don't have to be afraid of what the future holds because we know who holds the future. When we surrender to God, we give him permission in our lives to act and move. And then God does things that we would never be able to do on our own, by our own power. He works things in a ways we could never expect, like those first disciples and apostles who were called out to go forth on that mission. God worked signs and wonders and miracles at their hands. And he wants to do the impossible here, in this church and in our lives. So do not be afraid. 
Surrender everything. I want to uh, share a story because I know it's not easy to surrender to God. Maybe you're here today, you've never surrendered anything to God, or perhaps you've been here, you've surrendered parts of your life to God, and there's something left that you just can't let go of. You just can't trust to God because you're afraid. I want to share a little bit of my story because I know how difficult it can be to trust our future happiness into the hands of God. I remember being a a young man, And, uh, you know, we all have plans and desires for the future, right? We all have a a, a way that we dream our lives might go. We all have plans and hopes and desires. And as a young man, in his early 20s, uh, the future, the potential, the future is unlimited potential. And so it's hard to make the decision to trust that into the hands of God. But I remember when I was about 15, 16 years old, I had this deep desire in my heart, this sort of dream. And the dream was this. What I wanted to do with my life was move to California and become a beach bum. (laughs) I used to talk about this with my friend Cameron, who is in the choir. I don't know where he's sitting. Oh, there he is. Yeah. You remember that? We used to talk about that. Yeah. How we were going to pack up our bags, we're going to move to California, surf in the morning, and work in a coffee shop at night. That was the extent of my life's ambitions as a teenager, right? But we never did. We never went to California. We never learned how to surf. I don't know why. Maybe I was afraid. Maybe I lacked the confidence to get up and move. We just never did. Then years later, in my early 20s, I finally stopped running from God, and I said, Lord, I will do whatever you want me to do with my life, even if that means becoming a priest. I surrender my future happiness into your hands. And then, a few years later, I found myself in the seminary studying to be a priest. And I was on my internship year down in Houston, Texas, kind of like Sebastian is doing his internship year here. And on one of the days, a priest I lived with, Father Mark Goring, he picked me up and he drove me down to uh, Galveston, which is on the Gulf Coast, and he gave me a surf lesson that day. I remember paddling out into the ocean, and it was this glorious sunny day, not a cloud in the sky. As I sat there and bobbed up and down on my surfboard, and I was looking into the horizon, waiting for those next waves to come in, I just was overcome by this sense of peace and calm. You couldn't hear anything but this light ocean breeze, and the ocean was this deep blue reflecting the splendor of the heavens above. And as I sat there, this scripture passage came to my mind. Psalm 37, verse 5 and 6. If you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. If you commit your life, in other words, surrender to the Lord and trust in him, he will do this. And as I was sitting there, I realized God was satisfying the desires of my heart in a way I I never would have expected, in a way I never would have dreamed, in a way I never would have planned it, in a place I never would have done it. 
But that's what happens when we surrender our lives to God. He does things we would never expect, and he satisfies the deepest longings of the human heart when we give our lives and we entrust everything over to him. And if I can leave you one parting piece of advice, or one thing you can do for me, is to surrender everything. Surrender everything to God. In the face of an uncertain future, you don't have to know what the future holds as long as you know who holds the future. Because God's plan and purpose is for our integral human fulfillment, uh, the fullness of life, that only comes when we surrender everything and entrust everything into his hands. And you don't have to be afraid because he has counted even the numbers of hairs on your head. And when we do, scriptures tell us that eye has not seen nor ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. What God has for those who surrender wholeheartedly to him is more than we can ever ask or ever imagine or ever dream. And all that we've seen to date here at St. Benedict and in our lives is just the beginning of all that God has planned for each and every one of us and for our parish and the impact it's called to make on the world. And God will do incredible things to the extent that we are willing to surrender everything, to surrender our lives, to surrender our future, to surrender our past, our families, our future, to surrender everything into the hands of our Father who holds everything in his hands. Surrendering to God was the best thing I have ever done. And I want to just end with this. I became a priest because I fell in love with Jesus. And I wanted to give my life to him. But it was in coming here to St. Benedict that I fell in love with his church. That I've fallen in love with you. And that I've learned what it is to give my life to Jesus and his church. I love you. You're amazing. I'm going to miss you dearly. And I can't thank you enough. My heart is overflowing with gratitude at all the incredible blessings I've received from your hands over the last five years. And I am so excited to see the future that God has in store for you through your radical surrender. May you become a church explosively alive. Thank you for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this with a friend. God bless and have a great week.